You're taking me somewhere to kill me. No, I'm taking you someplace to talk. You are not in Kansas anymore. Is there something special about today? All I have for you is a word. Life, uh, finds a way. Tell it. This is the way. This is the way. Hey, welcome back to What We Watched, a podcast where we discuss and deep dive into some of the latest movies, shows, as well as upcoming news in the film industry. I'm Noah, and this is Sam. We're going to be talking about WandaVision, the season finale, and then future Marvel projects. So, first off, what did you what did you think of the finale? Yeah, this was a... Uh, not something that I was like... I wasn't exactly amazed by the finale. I was I was content with the finale. I felt comfortable with the way that they wrapped a lot of the storylines up, but there's definitely a lot of character wrap ups specifically that I had issues with. Yeah, um, I'm I agree. sure that you know we talked about this already. There's definitely a few people individually that I just felt like could have had a little bit more, um, especially because they're characters that I viewed moving forward having a lot of relevance. Uh, in the MCU, but we can kind of talk about that more later. Yeah. Um, what were your initial thoughts? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you kind of, you kind of summed it up pretty well. But uh, yeah, it was, it was nothing that I expected it to be, and yet also a really good episode, which I didn't, which isn't something that really happens very often. I really liked it. Um, I just didn't think that it took the risks that I thought it was going to take. Um, but I found it really comforting, and I really liked the episode. Yeah, I mean, I can't really have complaints because a lot of the issues that I had with it personally were, like, things about it didn't necessarily go the way that I had viewed it. Exactly. So it's like, I'm not I'm not as upset about that as, than I, as I am looking into some of the characters individually, like I was saying. I feel like we just... just not. I feel like we were a little bit too... I feel like a lot of people were a little bit too ambitious about the things that we thought were going to happen like the things that we thought we were going to uncover in this show Mm -hmm. before the new doctor strange movie like before a huge big budget movie comes out in theaters we thought a tv show is going to cover a lot of stuff that it's pretty unrealistic to ask for it to cover i guess like we didn't get that mephisto Uh that we thought we were going to get we didn't get you know, a real Quicksilver, which would have been a good introduction to the multiverse like we thought we were going to get. But in terms of it just being a show, I mean, I think it did the job. Yeah, and, and I, I agree, because I think I will appreciate it. I think going back and re-watching this show, I will appreciate it more. Now knowing what's happened. Knowing what's happened, because, I mean, yeah, my view was like this was going to be the kickoff for Phase 4. Like, yeah. Tons of, you know, releases, drops. Mm-hmm. But they, they kept a lot back. They held a lot back for their Phase 4 plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, they kind of, I mean, you know, building up excitement for future content. But yeah. I just feel like since we had so much time between, I mean, the last thing that came out was uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. Correct? Yeah, I think you're right. So, I mean, we're talking over a year of no MCU, and it's just like everyone's expectations were so high. Everyone was just kind of ready right. for something huge. And this definitely didn't have that massive drum, bomb drop. But mm. again, like you said, overall a very complete show, and they you know wrapped up the main storyline. We got really good acting. It it was yeah, it was well, a good show. And I think we also thought that this show was going to be a big segue for other shows and movies, just because um, like Mandalorian season two was able to do that with 
character reveals that are teases for future shows. But I think Star Wars did it because Mandalorian is the only show slash movie, like Star Wars cinema, that's going to be out for a while. Whereas WandaVision, now that WandaVision is over, we're getting the the Winter Soldier show the same month that it just ended in. Jam-packed schedule. And then we get Loki not long after that. Mm -hmm. So it also makes sense for them to just stick with WandaVision being about Wanda and Vision. Yeah, that is For the most part. Because we don't have, I mean, yeah, no big wait times. And again, like I said, I mean, this is the kickoff for Phase 4, so it's like... They can't really drop too many bombs with it. I mean, you're going to be building up these characters and getting more detail on the characters that are going to be highlighted throughout this phase. Yep. Um, across, like, three years. So yep. it's like, wouldn't make any sense for them to really drop a lot in their, uh, you know, opening show. Right. So going back to the finale, kind of how it starts, um, the episode sort of picks up where it last le- left off in the sense that, you know, uh, Agatha's holding the kids hostage... White Vision shows up, tries to kill Wanda. Vision comes into play and starts to fight. White Vision, Wanda takes on Agatha. There's no big reveal that we thought there was going to be where there's no, no there's no Luke Skywalker moment from the Mandalorian, yeah. like Wanda said. Yeah. Um, the not having, I mean, there was so much tension in that moment where before White Vision spoke, at like you know, like super long pause. Wanda says, you know, Vision, and he like walks over, has doesn't say anything because mm-hmm. I mean. I don't know Everyone how many was waiting for it to like, be Ultron's voice. Yeah, so right. when it just like was Paul Bettany, I mean, that was, I thought that was almost kind of funny just because of how, the expectations that people It was set. funny. And it's one of the things that's like, it's, it's annoying because it's a show. If it was just a movie, there wouldn't be these pauses where everyone has the chance to come up with a bold theory about something. If it was all just released at, in one setting, we wouldn't have had this buildup about it being Ultron no. like we had. Uh-huh. So that's the disadvantage to it being. It was a definitely show. a comedic moment that like wasn't intended to be a comedic moment, but right. for most viewers like us, like it was. I thought that was pretty funny. Right. But we uh, we kind of get to see just a really weird side of Hayward in this too. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. I felt like they he was he was one of the characters that I had a problem with overall throughout the show. Yeah. Like he's just a motives, plain villain. He was a plain villain. He like didn't. There was no like central idea of what he was trying to do here he was trying to just bring white vision online well i mean he's the director of swords so he wanted a powerful weapon so he became a more powerful force like it's a it's a you know it's a equation that is for every textbook villain but it's like why was he not why was why was it so bad for him to bring vision online you know what what i'm saying like the whole idea the whole reason why what he was doing was wrong initially was it was because he was trying to bring Vision back online. Yeah. The fact that he then made Vision try to kill Wanda and then the Vision that we see in the Hex like made no sense. He got what he wanted. He got the Vision that he asked for. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I, I just don't get that motive there to kill, to then go forward and try and kill Wanda. Well... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, what, what do you th- does he think that? Wanda I think he still have... he still sees. I mean, we got early on in the show that he still sees Wanda as a threat naturally, like a threat to national security. So okay. he's not necessarily a villain. He just thinks by having a vision that we can control, he can better protect things, people from threats like Wanda. So then so he wanted that... Wanda taken out. Uh huh. 
And yeah. But that's grounds to then, I guess, arrest him. Like, you know, Jimmy calls in the FBI. It's like he's doing all this, like, yeah. seemingly illegal stuff. But it's like, if he is the director of S.W.O.R.D. and he was acting in the best intentions for Earth, for the United States, whatever, yeah. it's like his actions didn't seem to, like, it didn't deem to be, like, uh, a criminal. Well, know? I mean, I would think that it still would be criminal because it sounds like he was secretly building a weapon of mass destruction without the knowledge of, like, any government, you know, force. I guess that, yeah. So, I mean, again, you're right. There's not a lot of context there. We didn't really get a lot of an explanation. But, I mean, the show obviously paints it as, like, he was doing some shady shit to make yeah. a weapon for his own interest. And he was clearly, like, kind of a piece of shit because, I mean, he tried to shoot the kids. Right. Like, remember that? Like, that was, like, yeah. like whoa. And that was <laughs> so weird, too. I mean, I that kind of dips into Monica Rambo. In this episode, like in the beginning of the episode, we see that she's being sort of held hostage by Quicksilver, and who's not even Quicksilver, who's just oh. Richard Boner. Is that what that yeah. is? Can, can, can we just go into him real quick? Yes. like, what the fuck? Yes. I mean... I mean, it's plain and simple. Just It was just a fuck you to X-Men fans. It was like a way to just, for Disney to wipe their asses with the rights that they obtained. Yeah. Um, and they just totally miss an opportunity. Like, if that's going to be your... That was their first unveiling of uh, a character from the from the uh, X-Men universe that we knew. Mm-hmm. And that's what they did with it. Which just... They used him as a dick joke. I get it. Like They, they didn't, used him as a dick joke, Noah. Like, they didn't have to... They didn't have to use him at all. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. you're using him. Why would you use him in this way? Why cast Evan Peters? Yeah, it didn't why make any sense. Why cast him at all? It was just, like, the most unnecessary cameo... I mean, it didn't add to the character. His acting in as that character did not like make me more. Well, that's what's annoying too. Him. He it's acted like, like Evan Peters Quicksilver from X Men, but Agatha would have no idea who that person is because that's not what she was trying to make him act like. She was yep. trying to make him act like the Quicksilver that Wanda knew, just with a different person. Yep. So that's what the real fuck you is, though. Is that like everyone that had their theory of this being the real Quicksilver that we knew from X Men? They deserve to have that theory. They have every right to have that theory because it was backed by his character. By and it was backed by so many things. Yeah. I mean, and, and even more so, like, when we see him up in his room, like, his room is, that is, that is it Peter feels like Maximoff's his room, room from, from Days of Future Past. Mm-hmm. Like, that is exactly what his room would have yep. been like. And so, all of those factors just made it so disappointing when you're just like, Ralph Boner. Yeah. It, it was, was really lame. It was, but... And it was really the only... Not the only, but the real main disappointment that I had with the finale was what they did with Quicksilver. Because I was really curious I can agree. to know yeah. what they did. Because last episode, they didn't showcase him or Monica Rambeau at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the yeah. biggest... Uh, yeah, as totally the biggest negative um, in the episode. But uh, getting off of Fietro, you know... Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was not that big of a character. So, I mean... I want to dive into like vision and white vision mm-hmm. and what you thought about that. Did you enjoy the fight? All the tussle? Mm-hmm. Did you enjoy everything that went on there? Mm-hmm. I loved, I loved white vision, and I, I, um, this show, you know, looking back now with what the finale was and with everything that it had in it. I mean, this show was really like in a lot of ways the vision show. It had so much Paul Bettany in it, yeah, and I thought it was great that they had two different visions because it really gave Paul Bettany a chance to really shine more. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Um, I loved like, the back and forth that they had. 
my favorite moment in the episode, or at least one of them, was probably the moment when he was trying to tell White Vision that he's not the real Vision. He's just a <laughs> conditional Vision. And it, like, tripped up White Vision. He was like, I need a, more explanations because or I something request like that. elaboration. Yeah. I loved that. I mean, I it was it. so good. And then when he uh, implanted the memories, like, restored the memories that White Vision always had, and he could remember everything that had happened in the past, and then left. So it was, it was great up until that point, until he leaves and doesn't come back. I thought he was going to return at some point in the finale. So I did, too. And that was... That was the only disappointment I had, and not necessarily a plot hole, but if Vision really had obtained his all of his memories, mm-hmm. he was in love with Wanda mm-hmm. at the end of, you know, like, when he died in Endgame. Like, if he knew the struggle that Wanda was going through in the town and had then retained all of his memories, why did he not go to her? Yeah, you know, I, like, I feel like that could get explained further, too. That, like, just because he got all the memories back doesn't mean that like he's up to speed just like this hex vision is like he not sure he knows who he is now but it's i took his app like his leaving as i need to take some time to figure some things out i would agree but again like i'm saying if he was in love with wanda which he seemed to be yeah in in endgame regardless of you know his him needing to take some time or whatever his first thought would have been to go to Wanda. Yeah, and it would have just been more ironic and, I guess, poetic, too, if White Vision had been the one to, like, destroy Hayward in the finale. Mm, like, that would have been a great... The weapon that Hayward oh, created wow. to turn on him would have been perfect. I hadn't even thought about that. That right? would have been such... I mean, for so Hayward... So much more than Darcy hitting him with a car and that being why he gets arrested. Her only moment. That her was... only moment. And it was just way too convenient of a moment. Like, I get that it's just a show... And that that stuff happens all the time in, you know, movies and TV shows. Yeah. It's just so lame that she T-bones Hayward and, like, that's <laughs> how he gets stuck. I know. Like, where'd she even come from? How did she even get that opportunity? Yeah, for her, that, for that to be her only moment in this show yeah. was was just such an unnecessary, you know, little five-second clip. But, yeah, overall, White Vision, I feel like, is really good. And I, I think White Vision, I mean, he should then be what we have moving forward like he should be the same vision, mm-hmm. I would think. Well, yeah, forward. I I would think he would be a similar vision, but I mean he's only powered by the the residue of the power that comes off of Wanda. So I would still think that he is not necessarily as strong as Vision with the physical Infinity Stone on his forehead would have been. I mean, there yeah. would have, there's at least an argument as for if they do nerf him. That would make sense, because he doesn't yeah. have the actual stone. No, I can see that. That would make sense. And just the fact that his power is just a, a, yeah, a shrapnel of however, Wanda. However, Hex Vision, I mean, seems to have very similar powers. She's even allowed to make these kids that aren't even real, and they have powers. So, I, would, I mean, it sounds like the Mind Stone that powers that Wanda got are extremely strong. Like, mm-hmm. she's extremely overpowered in the things that she can do. Um, which I, can, I guess that we can move on to her and Agatha. Agatha, for most of this episode, is extremely overpowered because she can just take from whatever power Wanda has. Nothing that Wanda does has any effect on her at all. Mm -hmm. And throughout this, I guess, fight scene, she tells Wanda that Wanda is the Sorcerer Supreme. Well, that she's stronger than the Sorcerer Supreme. She's stronger than the the Sorcerer Supreme, which, as of right now, technically, Doctor Strange should be the Sorcerer Supreme. Sorcerer Supreme. Because that was passed down from the Ancient One who passed away in the first Doctor Strange. Mm -hmm. But you also have to consider that as just raw power, because... Right. 
and and I mean I'm not saying Doctor Strange isn't like that powerful, but I mean he he definitely has he some learning to do because he hasn't been Sorcerer Supreme for yeah. that long. Well, and I'm not necessarily going at him or anything. I'm just saying, I'm just trying to clarify. Is she specifically referencing Doctor Strange when she says Sorcerer yeah, Supreme? I think so. In the Book I mean, of the Damned. Same timeline. Is... Okay. Same. Yeah. I mean, I would think that that is a direct correlation. Okay. So that's cool. And then apparently, her being the Scarlet Witch, the significance of Wanda being the Scarlet Witch is the fact that um, it's something passed down from Wanda's family that we don't know about. It's like her inheritance is what I read up on. Like the, the fact that she's the Scarlet Witch. The, the fact that she's the Scarlet Witch. It's a okay. it's a title that is passed down from her family, okay. and it is technically her inheritance. Hmm. That's so what I read. She was up. always destined. To she was be always destined to be the Scarlet Witch. That's interesting because I was going to ask you. Like, I mean, I wasn't sure if it was yeah just a coincidental thing like that she had you know some type of magical power and then was then enhanced by the Mind Stone, but I right. guess. That's the idea that of Marvel's like whole destiny. Yeah, I mean that's that's something that's been prevalent. It's very a lot. possible that her that we haven't actually seen her real parents. Okay, that could be. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Especially that's, that's too, exciting, though. especially too, because Agatha, when we see that scene where Agatha is tied up in that pole and she drains all those witches' powers, mm-hmm. including her mom, and her mom gets that blue you know, hologram-like crown around her head. Mm-hmm. I mean, Wanda has something very similar to that with the red crown. So, I don't know. I just see that as a significance in the sense that Wanda's parents are possibly witches, just like Agatha's parents were. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I mean I'm not necessarily saying that it couldn't be Magneto, but, like, you know. No, yeah, it's possible. But also, I just thought it was weird because it didn't look like Wanda was surprised or shocked at, at herself when she was able to create that holographic red crown around her head yeah. as if she always knew that she had this title or that she had this mm-hmm. power. just like a, an internal thing that either she had covered up or mm-hmm. you know just like basically hidden in her I think she's somewhere. hidden a lot about herself in this show yeah. that we'll find out more about later mm-hmm. yeah and so I know you talked about Agatha like her whole her whole basically like point or her whole plan in this was to take Wanda's power. Mm-hmm. I mean, why did she let that slip so quickly? You know, like I, she literally she straight up told Wanda at the beginning. She, she was like, she was like, oh, I kind of take people's powers. Like that's kind of my thing. It's like, why would she let Wanda know that that's what you're doing? Like you could just, she could have totally just played it off as like she was just weakening her. Like yeah, she just straight up told Wanda, and then Wanda obviously she's not gonna just give her her power after that. It just seems such like an odd uh, move for her to just like. Well, I mean, I guess part of it though is Agatha, like, I, I mean, I guess that's just Agatha's character. She's really ignorant and confident. She's, I mean, in most of this show, she definitely is way manipul. Like we think that Juan is the one manipulating this whole town. Well, Agatha's manipulating the person that's manipulating this town. Yeah. So Agatha thinks, and so do we think, that she's always one step ahead of Wanda. Yeah. So I guess that's her just, yeah, being overly confident. I guess. it just She had seemed so smart, so well-prepared and planned before this. It's like the idea that she would go into the fight giving away her like biggest secret like right at the beginning was such a, uh, a poor choice of hers yeah. to make. Um, just because, I mean, we had seen her... As such a such a powerful in you know intelligent witch prior mm-hmm. to that, um, but, but she is cocky. She was she always, is she's cocky. always shown that. Yeah. yeah, I can definitely see that. 
So that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, they fight. It's a kind of a cool battle, I guess. Um, you know, it's 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 weird because it's again, like I said, Agatha's totally OP. So throughout the whole fight, you don't really think Wanda's doing any damage, anyways. I mean, it they look have... like either of them were doing damage to each other, except no. for when Ag- Agatha took her power. Yeah, uh, sucked uh, her power out. Of yeah, her. while Wanda's hands get black and whatnot, and then they have that really climactic fight, and uh, you notice that Wanda's missing shots that are hitting the walls, which I was also questioning, and even Agatha, you can tell she's questioning it as it's happening. Yeah. Um, which turns out that she created a rune that is the same runes that Agatha did. So does she like know those spells? You know? No, she didn't. She didn't. She made it sound like she just learned that spell because of what Agatha did. I know, like that. That seemed that that was another thing that was like that's kind of odd. Like she just. That's what I thought too. Is like, is our runes like as easy to <laughs> recognize as English? Like, yeah. like, oh, that's the letter A B. I just have to put up A B on the wall, and I, I can do the same thing as her. I was assuming it was like an incantation thing. You know, you yeah. Like take some time, read a couple. It's a spell. Of the book. Yeah. It's just like a straight up boom ruin. Yeah. Boom ruin. Boom, I know. Ruin. It was just like. It seemed a little easy. Seemed way easy. Again, it's hard because if Wanda's Wanda a Scarlet is Witch, though, so, yeah, exactly. That's the thing. It's like and her knows true more power than... is so much. Yeah, and she again possibly knows a whole lot more than we know about her. Also she, true, because it does sound like she withheld information in the flashback episode with Agatha. Like she was intentionally withholding stuff from Agatha. Mm-hmm. So, but one thing that is good is, I mean, at the end we do see Wanda's true self. She does finally released the town at the expense of her family and mm-hmm. her her dream life that she had so like at least despite not, i mean not knowing a lot about her own powers we know about her like you know moral code like her motives like she is still a good person at her core mm-hmm. she was still willing to let these people leave even though she was losing everything yeah and i really thought that the whole um like, when her and Agatha were still fighting and the Hex was going down as she was trying to let everyone in the town go, and Vision started to decay, and the kids started to decay. I mean, I thought that was a really cool, powerful scene. I always think, you know, back early on in the show when Vision tried to leave the Hex and he started to decay, that was, like, the darkest moment from the show. Mm-hmm. I love that scene. I mean, th- this this episode did have some really good emotional moments and i think that's really why it, it it tied so well for me because that's really what i look for when i put this much investment into something mm-hmm. i want to have a good emotional moment towards the end mm-hmm. and vision and wanda definitely gave that for me um, yeah. at the end of it and so. the the kind of the, the decaying thing like the disintegrating mm-hmm. kind of reminiscent of like people being snapped in yeah it in was infinity war and it was so it's like it's just a, it's a, you know, very emotional scene to watch someone, especially like when she's watching, yeah, her loved ones do it right in front of her. It really was. Um, I thought, I don't know, I, I guess I thought Agatha getting trapped in the town that Wanda created, that was kind of cool. Um, just also, again, a little, I don't even know what the word for it is. It's just, I thought Agatha was more powerful than that to now get trapped in this town. But again, I guess she always knew that Wanda was super powerful too and that she was trying to, that's what she was trying to take from her power was so Agatha could get stronger and so Wanda was no longer a threat. Mm-hmm. She lost that fight and now she's trapped. Okay, so, I mean, this is just kind of, I'm just kind of spitballing here, but if Agatha was aware of how strong Wanda was, would I feel like 
a good plan would have been. Like, this is what Agatha's plan should have been. She should have been, alright, I'm gonna trap Wanda and basically get her in a situation where she has total control and then take her powers that way instead of letting her come out in the open and fight her and yeah. give her the opportunity. Like, I mean, she had her down in her dungeon. She had yeah. her... I mean, I just feel like there well, would have been a different way to have more control in the situation because she... I mean, if she was so aware of Wanda's power, I mean, the fact that she just let her come out and be able to use it against her... Yeah. I don't know. It, it well, I mean, you're totally weird. right. She could have naturally just not captured her at all and put those runes on her. She could have... Just at the very beginning of the show, she could have just fucking punched Wanda in the face, started a fight. Wanda would have no idea how to use those runes. She wouldn't have even heard of those runes. Yeah. And... Uh, Agatha and would have taken all those powers. She would have had kept caught her way more my, by surprise because she revealed she's a witch to her. I mean, if if unless she just... it's just not that easy because it looks like Wanda has to f- use her power in order for um, Agatha to take it. So Wanda would catch on pretty quick that she's using it and all it's doing is making her weaker. She would just stop. Yeah, but she was like she was making her pissed off at her. And use her powers against her, but we know that she can take her power even if Wanda's not using it against Agatha. We see her just we see her pull the power from her when she's just building a shield. Yeah, that's her using her power. She's using her power. So what I'm saying is like, create situations where she has to use using her power, but not against you necessarily. Like, why would you not just like? I guess, but I mean, why would you give her a chance to fight you? But like, like, my thinking, my thinking is though that Wanda would have caught on to the fact that that's what Agatha's doing. And then she would have just stopped. She could have. She could have. But she also did seem pretty oblivious to a lot of magical uh, situations before. Because she didn't know about the ruins. She didn't know about, you know, I don't know, like a lot of different spells. She didn't know True. how she does anything. So definitely something that Agatha, I feel like, should have thought about more before she came into this town. But yeah. Yeah. I just, uh, that was that was something that I feel like could have been done. I also um, thought whenever Agatha said the word no, like when she got scared and started saying no, I wanted to punch myself in the face every time she said that. <laughs> yeah. Like when, when Wanda like got in her head, you know, yeah. and Agatha starts saying no, 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 no. And then at this moment too, when Wanda flips the table on her yeah. and shows her the runes and she starts freaking out and saying no, pretty annoying. Yeah. I didn't like it. Yeah, I know. And I and the thing is I liked Agatha so much coming into this episode. I thought she was like like I really liked her in 8. Um she seemed like she was in control and she seemed like She's good in this too though. No, she was, but again, I I feel like I just I caught more like flaws or more like things yeah, like her character because she has to lose. could have been better. And she has to lose. I mean, she's written to lose. So, yeah, some some pretty convenient dumb things have to happen because she can't stick around. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um, was there anything specifically is there anything that you would have done different in this show maybe in this episode specifically to maybe make Agatha's story a little bit better? Better, yeah. Um, Anything to to wrap it up or just make her kind of make her character uh, more complete? Mm, I don't know. I really don't know. Just because I don't know what what Disney's plans are in the future. Mm-hmm. You know, for the characters that were in this show, 
and now have been, I guess, written out of the show. Like, Agatha's been technically written out, but there's still room for her to come back. Yeah. Same with the kids in this show. I mean, they technically went away with the Hex, because initially I thought it would have made a lot of sense for Agatha to kill the kids. I thought that would have really, you know, demonstrated how much of an evil piece of shit she is. But if these kids have some way of coming back from Wanda's Hex, then... Obviously, that's why they didn't kill him that way. Yeah. So I really don't know, because I don't know what the plans are. Because I've seen a lot of theories about these kids still somehow being involved with the early X-Men. Yeah. You know? Which I wouldn't really like, unless they get recasted. Because I didn't really care for these kids. I found them, like, a little bit cringy. Like, they were supposed to be more enjoyable to have on the screen than they really were. They just seemed like dumb young kids. But, like, it's, like, their script, like, their their dialogue was written as if they weren't dumb young kids. Mm-hmm. Not like five days old. Right. They just couldn't act it as well as I wanted them to. Well, and that's something as well, like if and when Wanda is capable of bringing them back to life, she probably would bring them back at a, an older age, I would think, to mm-hmm. be more useful. I don't know. I mean, I guess she would maybe bring them back at the same age that they left in. Or, yeah, uh, you know, that, that would be something... I guess that we'll just have to find out about. Yeah. That. Something that I really had a problem with too, though, was um, now that we're just kind of talking about the episode in general. I really am confused about Monica Rambo now because were her are her powers removed now that the hex itself is gone? We never saw that because like, the episode ended and we didn't really get to see another glimpse mm. of Monica using her powers. So are those also gone? That's true because when she came back through. Her powers, uh, she was in the hex the whole time she was using those powers. So yeah, yeah. we don't know. I mean, I guess maybe that was intentional to keep us from, you know, having that for sure in our minds. But yeah, I mean, that that's... God, I didn't even think about that. If she didn't have her powers, that'd be really lame, though. There's no way. That it would that's... be lame, but it would also kind of fill a hole that we had early on in the show, which was like, oh, so can anyone just do this? Like, enter the hex, leave the hex, come back in the hex, and get these powers? Because then it doesn't make uh, Monica Rambo that unique. Yeah. So that's one problem that I had with it. Another problem that I kind of have looking back in this episode is I'm fine with the whole using runes to beat Agatha at her own game. But it would have also kind of been better for the finale being, you know, the whole ensemble fighting against Agatha. It just bugs me that Agatha's power is that she drains everyone's powers because then it's a lame fight. Agatha can't take any... Any fire. She was actually like fighting. She was, yeah, exactly. Fight, like, it would have made more time. sense for Agatha to be more, I don't know, like susceptible to attacks. That way, Vision could have fought her, Monica Rambo could have fought her, and Wanda, and, and the, the kids. kids. It would have been cool, yeah, to see. And like, even White Vision, even White Vision. Now that he knows that he is Vision, mm-hmm. I mean, it, there is more room for for a huge like 5v1 battle it felt like a missed opportunity it did i really just felt like agatha's character missed in a lot of ways and so did monica's i think and so did monica's but i i don't know if you saw that uh that tweet earlier today about talking about how there was plans for her to have more relevance in this finale um before like the whole pandemic they they had to cut some filming Mm. and there was some and it makes a lot of sense yeah the uh jackman had literally said that like there was uh, a planned fight scene in uh, Agatha's basement against a like demon style character that was Senior Scratchy 
that was supposed to include. Yeah, it's in your scratchy. What the fuck? Yeah, so like there was supposed to be an additional fight scene or conflict in this episode that we didn't even get. Makes and so that much was sense. Due to issues involving the pandemic and filming and VFX issues. That makes so much sense because in between that episode where Wanda gets captured by Agatha and then in the mid credit scene we see Monica Rambo discover that basement. That next episode, Monica Rambo's not in it at all. And then episode nine happens, and she's really barely in the finale either. Yeah. So that really makes sense for that. It just felt choppy because it felt like halfway through the show, Monica Rambo had legitimate significance. Mm. Like it was about her too. Yeah. I, and then the second half, it just didn't feel like it felt like they forgot about her. It did, and that's that was what I was saying at the beginning. Like individual character wrap ups were what I had a problem with. Like it just felt like her character arc. Like she built. For the entire season, you know, I became more invested in her. And then it was, like, the three most important episodes, she's barely, like, a relevant character. You know... So that's... I mean, for me, that was where I had issues with this. Yeah. Um, If Monica does keep her powers, though, then maybe the whole Ralph Boner thing isn't as much of a fuck you as we thought it would be. Because if she keeps her powers, maybe... Boner keeps his powers too, and that's how we get Quicksilver that he we remember puts from X Men. The necklace back on, but the necklace was just so he had had the trance because that was what that was what was manipulated. It? Yeah, because she was like, "How does he? How does she have a hold on you?" And she saw that it was the necklace that he was wearing. Okay, because then he became afraid, the afraid person that he was. But that doesn't mean that he lost his powers either. So maybe that's how we get. So I wonder what granted him his powers though, because it sounded like he was just a regular dude. It does. But what I'm saying is, if Agatha gave him those powers, just like technically Wanda gave Monica those powers, I mean, Mo- Wanda didn't create Monica, same as how Agatha didn't create Ralph Boner, but she did create those kids, so that makes sense for the kids and Vision to leave, because they were actually that material that came from Wanda. Yeah, that is so who true. Knows? That is true. I mean... I'd still be pissed, but it would be kind of funny if that's how we get... <laughs> The Quicksilver that we like from the X-Men, who's not really the one from the X-Men, but it's played by the same actor, same character. Yeah, no, I could see that. And I mean, again, there's, like, moving forward, there's so much that they can do with the additional characters in this. Like, you know, White Vision, potentially Agatha, um, potentially the kids, and I mean, specifically, I mean, Monica and Wanda, I feel like are going to be some of the highlights moving forward, but... Yeah, I mean, there's there's just a lot of potential with the characters. I kind of hope that's not what happens with Ralph. Yeah, I, I don't be, either. But it's be like a little disappointed. But. I would too, but it's like, <laughs> well, how are they going to bring the X Men in too? Are they just not going to bring Quicksilver in whenever they bring when they do bring the X Men in? Because if they do bring the X, it's just I don't know. Yeah, I feel like they just kind of screwed themselves over if they're not planning on using this Ralph Boner as Quicksilver. Yeah, I would agree. Hmm. Yeah, it, I don't know. It's just weird, and again, it it it's there's still an opening for it because Ralph Boner doesn't seem to be this scared prisoner as much as the rest of Westview was. So I just think that that makes it a little bit more possible for him to just be this innocent guy that gets these mm-hmm. powers. And that is that is possible. Well, since we're on the topic of side characters, something I wanted to ask you was. If there was a side character in WandaVision that you could pick out to have their own sideshow, what would it be? Or who would it be, I guess? From WandaVision? From WandaVision. 
I don't know. That's definitely a cop out to say white vision because that's vision. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I can go. I, I can yeah. tell you what I was thinking. I was I was thinking Jimmy Wu. I, I knew you were gonna say Jimmy Woo. I know there's been like a lot of like, like he's been like a, a fan favorite throughout the show. But I would love to see. I, I never watched Agents of Shield actually. I, I didn't either. either. But I mean, I I hadn't heard like great. He's things in about that. It. No, no, no. But what I'm oh. saying is like a, a a show like that where covering maybe like him uh, in the FBI like working on cases that have. Um, you know, intergalactic relevance or whatever, whatever it is, because like clearly he's the guy that they send whenever there's something kind of like weird going on on Earth. Yeah. So like I could, I would like to see some type of show, kind not necessarily like Agents of Shield, but something along the lines of people that aren't necessarily superheroes as like yeah. the main cast. Man, I don't know. I'm really talking myself into this Ralph Boner show now. Oh, man. No, okay. but, like, think about it, though. Like, it could be an origin story now, a new origin story about Ralph Boner, who one day was in Westview, and the next day he woke up and he had powers where he could run really fast and his hair was dyed white. Like, it would be such a funny, like, what the fuck, was I drugged kind of story, yeah. and now he's learning his powers. I mean, like, it's just happening all over again. For a technically different character who has the same powers as someone that we know. And happens to be cast as the same person. As... Yeah. It'd be kind of funny. It and would honestly, be kind of funny. And honestly, it could still work for the multiverse because he could still, down the road, meet his Quicksilver from X-Men in the multiverse. He could. That would be really funny. He could. No, he definitely could. And either, like, either, like, they would, you know, fight or spar or yeah. just be like... You know, it wouldn't surprise me if, if Disney has, has this big plan for Ralph Boner because I I, th- I can oh. totally see it just being like this oh yeah sorry we fucked you guys kind of thing haha and then like a year down the road like, you remember that no we always fucking had a plan for that so don't doubt us ever again mm-hmm. I can see it being but that's such a missed opportunity if they don't do that yeah you know it yeah it totally would be because like we said I mean we're both very disappointed exactly everyone is and they they knew that yeah they definitely did so I wouldn't be surprised yeah well I mean you know this this episode the show the season it was a really conclusive season Mm -hmm. I mean we the the final cutscene even was great because it's like we know that Wanda is at a certain level content but she still is searching for her children. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. What did you think of the two credit scenes? Like, did you think that they showed enough, or should they have been more of a tease for something else? Because I feel like that's what a credit scene is meant to be, is like, it doesn't explain anything, but it's like, oh, we're going to get that at some point? Yep. And we didn't get that in either of the two credit scenes. No, we didn't, but again, like, like I was saying earlier, the, I think the two key takeaways in terms of characters from this were Wanda and Monica, mm-hmm. and that's who the after credit scenes were. I mean, like, Monica was the first one, you know, telling her that, that uh, Scroll was telling her that there's someone that was cool. Like that was cool. that was cool. And and, and that was a big rumor. Be Fury. I would assume it's Fury. Yeah. Maybe it's Talos, the the guy that's the from Rogue One. Um, Rogue One from Star Wars. Um, Rogue One. Yeah, the, the, the Doctor yeah, Kren- or Krennic. Krennic. Yeah. Yeah, Director Krennic. Um, I would assume it's one of those two. But I mean, obviously teasing her getting a show mm-hmm. or just having some key relevance moving mm-hmm. forward. And then Wanda. In the mountains of who the fuck knows, maybe Sokovia. Yeah, but, I could see it being Sokovia. That would make a lot of sense. Um, seeing her there and knowing that she is on the hunt for more knowledge and specifically probably knowledge to bring her children back to life. Yeah, I think that 
tells us that there's going to be, I, I think one of that is a key connection with uh, Doctor Strange because I think she, we, I could see her going to Doctor Strange for help in, mm-hmm. in this search. Mm-hmm. I think that could definitely be a way that their paths cross or even maybe Doctor Strange trying to get her to stop on this path because of what it would bring up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, I definitely think that I like both after credit scenes. I did too, but we're we're talking about how you know you thought it was good that it started with Monica, ended with Wanda because you know that's the show. But I think if we're talking about that, Vision should have also had an after credit scene. White Vision specifically, yeah, would have been nice to get like a four or five second clip of him landing somewhere mm. that everyone could speculate where that was, and maybe he says like one line to someone off screen. We're like, oh my god, what does that mean? Because again, they have plans for where White Vision went. I want to see what that is. You want to know what would have been really cool? Is if we would have seen him like land uh, outside of Tony Stark's cabin or something. Because like oh. he's Vision, you know, like he's Jarvis. Oh. Like because he would remember like who. <sighs> Wouldn't that have been so sad? <sighs> That'd have been so cool. Wouldn't that have been really, really sad? But, like, that would have been... Like, that's another thing that's, like, his first reaction upon getting all these memories back. Like, who are the key people in his life? Like, yeah. we were to cover Wanda, obviously. Yeah. And then Tony. Yeah. I mean, that would have been... Tony was such a big part of his life or, like, his existence. It would be cool for yet yeah, to have been some type of tease. Like, he goes to the cabin and you hear Tony's daughter saying something to Pepper. Yeah. Something like that. Because, yeah, if he's trying to kind of, like, reflect on his life or, like, Ooh. or like learn more about, like, his memories that he's yeah. now got back, Tony, I mean, it would make sense. Or he doesn't even go to the cabin, but he goes to where Tony was buried, because he would probably know that, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That would be... Man, yeah. It, it's The show is WandaVision. It would have been cool, since White Vision is Vision, to have gotten some sort of tease at the end of where he went. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can agree. And when we've been talking a lot about uh, the MC mo- MCU moving forward, yeah. So uh, kind of we can we can wrap up this, and then I want to move on and talk a little bit about what we're going to get to see the rest of twenty twenty one. Yeah. Um, but to start with, real quick, who was your favorite character in this episode? Paul Bettany and both visions, uh, my favorite in the finale. I mean, they had really good moments together. I thought the whole. Him telling White Vision that he's just a conditional Vision, great scene, and then the very end of the finale when he's talking to Wanda and asks Wanda, you know, who he is, and Wanda has that really good moment saying, like, you're the love of my life, you're created from bone and the mind stone that lives in me, and I'll, I'll always love you, and then Vision cries. I mean, I loved Vision in this finale, so for character and moments, it's going to go to him. Yeah. And I mean, I guess we just spent too much time together because that's literally like, I mean, that was exactly what I was thinking the whole time I was mm-hmm. watching it. Every scene that he was in was just captivating. Yep. And and I really enjoyed it. Yep. But good finale. Good, good show. Finale. What would you rate it out of ten? The whole show. The whole show. I'd give it at least an eight out of ten. Probably a nine out of ten, just because it was so good. Like you said, it's our first Marvel since uh, the last Spider-Man movie. So I thought it did a great job at. You know, getting us excited about Phase Four, future Marvel stuff. Um, it wasn't just about Wanda and Vision. They did a good job at bringing in a new character, Monica Rambo. So yeah, I, I really, and there's new possibilities for Vision. They, I mean, they, they kept the ball rolling. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I felt like it was a really complete show. 
I probably would, I would have to give it between like a seven and an eight, hmm. just because I felt like the beginning kicked off really strong, and, and I just felt like the middle of the season, like that was where I was probably the most invested into it. Yeah. And like, I just felt, I'm, I'm not saying it necessarily dropped off towards the end, but I just felt like it became more of like an average MCU show, yeah. whereas before it was like, it felt like something more, it felt like something super exciting and original. I would agree. Whereas I just felt like it kind of fell back into what we had seen I would agree if we had other cinematic Marvel shows. Shows, But since this kind of set that precedent, I can... That's why I'm more comfortable giving it an 8 or 9. Yeah. Because now I'm just kind of comparing it to other Marvel cinematic stuff. And if I think about like a 7 or a low 8 or something, I mean, I think of something like Captain Marvel. Because I didn't hate Captain Marvel. Um, I liked it. I would have probably given it something like a 7. Yeah. Okay. So I I would say just because I love the characters of Wanda Vision, I love Vision, I love Wanda. I have to give it something high just because it had such good character performances, and it was a bold show. Even though, like you said, it didn't, it didn't, um, it started out so mysterious and like there's something bigger going on, and then it didn't end that way. It was still a very bold concept too. Mm-hmm. So I I gotta definitely give it something just a little bit higher. No, it was, and yeah, I do appreciate it. And I mean, a part of this could just be our, in terms of like our number difference, could just be how we view the different. And the show is so broken up too. We might both feel differently just rewatching it all yeah. with all nine episodes. Absolutely, because I always, I always, I like to watch it and then pick up on things as we go. So, yeah. so I definitely could see myself enjoying it more later. But so good show overall, good show. Moving on, future projects. Future projects. There's, I mean, a ton going on in 2021. We're kicking it off with uh, the Falcon and Winter Soldier comes out March 19th, less than two weeks away. Uh, we'll definitely be covering that as soon as possible. And then uh, we got Black Widow starting off in the summer in May. Loki as well in the summer. Uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, which I don't know much about, but that's also this summer. Yep. Uh, and then this winter, The Eternals, Spider-Man, No Way Home. As well as Hawkeye and Miss Marvel, so mm-hmm. a jam-packed year, and we have like a ton to look forward to. But finally, in twenty twenty two, we'll get the continuation of what we think to be Wanda's story in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. But mm-hmm. uh, just to kind of go back and talk about what we're gonna get coming up, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, uh, we got six episodes in this series, yep. uh, roughly forty to fifty minutes long. So I mean, honestly. About the same runtime run as times. Wanda, maybe a little bit shorter. I don't know the math. I bet it's gonna be a little longer. I bet they'll be longer? closer to fifty minutes each. Yeah, Whereas, probably. Yeah, probably. I could see that being it. So I mean, at least equivalent to the WandaVision content that we've got. But, right. Um, it's it looks like it could be a very very good show. Um, I think one of my concerns with it would be just the character chemistry between. Uh, Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan. We uh-huh. haven't really got to see them t- in acting and scenes a lot together. Um, so I will be interested to see how that dynamic plays out and especially who is going to... Who's going to kind of have the power in the relationship? Like, who will wield the shield? Who's, oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because it didn't seem like Sam necessarily was going to take on the role of, like, you know, Captain America. I don't know. I almost don't think anyone's going to wield the shield by the end of it. You don't? Like, I think that's going to be kind of like what the con- not the conflict but like one of the plots is going to be is who is deserving of it you know okay i think in the very beginning it's going to kind of kick off with uh sam 
because Sam was the one that technically should wield it because Cap said that it's yours. Mm -hmm. I think the show could start with Sam just being conflicted about that and saying that he doesn't deserve it and maybe that being what the show is about is you know just kind of a back and forth of who should use it maybe mm-hmm. they both use it and it's just a, a tool not a tool but like it's a, it's Cap's symbol that we will use together yeah. something like that because no one can good. no one can actually wield something mm-hmm. that Captain America wielded yeah and I don't see neither of them seem like a character that would be willing to play like you know, like second fiddle to the other one mm-hmm. you know like I, I don't see Sam being like the Robin to Bucky's Batman or vice versa so I am curious too in this show to see Bucky's character because in the trailers we see Bucky and Sam was kind of like a, oh they're fucking around with each other they got this funny you know bond uh-huh. whereas like we've only really seen Bucky for the most part as like a conflicted person yeah because of course he would be I mean like he has had a horribly rough dark history so how much time has passed with this show and Endgame for him to now? He cut his hair. He looks a lot more, I don't know, PG than Refined. he did yeah, he in does. Civil War. He does. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see what the time frame is going to be. Um, we do know uh, Sharon Carter, yep. Peggy's niece, is supposed to be in it. And we're yep. going to find out what she's been doing because apparently she's been on the run since Civil War. So we're going to find out more about her story um, because, I mean, she kind of like... I don't know. She didn't like. I'm not saying she broke the law, but she definitely kind of went rogue when she gave them all of like their stuff, like stole all their stuff from the facility. Mm-hmm. So I guess she's been on the run. Um, well, and Cap married Peggy, and we thought for a little bit Cap was gonna date Sharon. So maybe Sharon Carter dates one of the guys in this show. Could be. Yeah. I mean, that's very possible. Who knows? And I think the big lingering question on this before we move on is the villain. So we know Zemo's going to be in it, and we know that Carly Morgenthau is going to be one of the key villains as well. Uh, she's a Flag Smasher, which is the group that they're going up against. Right. Um, as well as, potentially, uh, John Walker, who is the like new military like super soldier, like uh, kind of a Captain America-esque mm-hmm. soldier who's like a super patriot. Mm-hmm. And in following in the theme of this being kind of a... Uh, like a fight between like a patriotism group and like an anti-patriotism group and the flag smashers, like they're trying to break down this nationalist sentiment. The of, flag smashers. Of the flag. So it's like yeah, they're called the flag smashers. So sounds like taskmaster. It, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Marvel comes up with some great names. Taserface. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's there's definitely uh, I don't know in the fact that he's called a super patriot. It just he has the vibe to be like a. Like, uh, he's so patriotic that it's, like, it's anti-patriotic almost. Like it's ironic. Yeah, it's ironic. So I could see him potentially being a villain, but... Uh, he very well could be. It, yeah. I mean, we just or don't like know. maybe in the show he's painted as a hero, but later down the road we figure out he's a villain. Just like could be Homelander yeah. um, and the boys mm-hmm. could just be like that. Could be turned. And I guess we'll find out more about that and who is going to be the the main antagonist in that when it comes out, March 19th. So, excited. But moving on to Black Widow. Mm. Um, It's a show, or sorry, a movie that was initially supposed to be released in May of 2020 and has been delayed twice. Uh, It's still covering events prior to Infinity War and Endgame. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's following Nat's story 
after Civil War. So I would really like to see a lot of, uh, you know, where she came from and, you know, what she's been through, which I think we will, as well as kind of figuring out why she didn't go to the Avengers with all these problems. Right. Because I think that's something that a lot of us have, uh, you know, like why we're questioning, you know, why did she go through all this struggle by herself when we know that she's a phone call away from Iron Man, Captain America, plenty of people. So the question is, was she trying to hide something or was she just looking for something else? Could be, and it could just be one of those things like she thinks that this is something that she has to clean up on her own and that her and her family are more than capable of taking care of on Mm -hmm. her own. Like, you don't always got to seek out help just because it's there. You still want to be able to take care of things that you can take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's definitely, I mean, that's definitely Natasha Romanoff's character. Like, she is very capable of handling herself, mm-hmm. and this this conflict and villain definitely seems like someone that's that she can handle. It, yeah, I would agree. It, it seems it's like an like extraterrestrial threat. Yeah, it's not some supernatural uh, villain. Um, do you think this is going to be the last MCU film for Scarlett Johansson? I don't know. I mean, again, I think it just depends on how the movie is. If it's a really good movie, if it's one of those top Marvel movies, which very well could, because I love this type of I mean, it's like Captain America movies where it's much more grounded, realistic fighting. And that's what this could be. Mm -hmm. So if it's really good and the time span is still, you know, there's enough time before uh, Infinity War, then maybe they do sequels with Black Widow. Or at the very least, maybe the characters that they introduce in Black Widow. Because I heard that Black Widow's sister, uh, Scarlett Johansson's sister in the movie, becomes the new Black Widow down the Mm -hmm. road. That would make more sense. Yeah. And that's what I was. That's one of the things I wanted to touch on. Was I mean, it seems like this is gonna be like a passing of the torch type movie. Yep. Like, Belova, Yelena Belova is her sister, or not sister? I guess she's just a Black Widow who's like, I don't think they're like like blood sisters. Oh really? I don't think so. Because they eat at that table together too with the mom and dad. Yeah. So that's actually not the mom and dad either. They're technically oh. just like it's like a, you know, a family. We've all gone through some trauma together. Oh. And we're just like together. That made more um, sense because they look nothing alike in any yeah, way, shape, or form. And David Harbour's in it. And yeah, I know. I was super excited to see him. So he's apparently supposed to be uh, the super sol- Russian super soldier counterpart to Captain America. So he does, his powers come from some type of serum. It looks like it didn't work as well as Captain America's because he's kind of like fat. He gains and weight. And so it's like he has all he has the powers, but maybe didn't get a lot of the other stuff. But, I mean, Thor gains weight. Thor's, Thor gains Thor's weight. a god. Thorgan's weight, yeah, that's that's true. I mean, I mean Cap not... just stays in shape because. But then again, Cap talks about how his um, when he drinks after uh, who is it that dies? Oh, when in the very first Captain America movie, mm-hmm. when Bucky dies, he talks about how he can't get drunk because his metabolism is so fast. Is so fast. Yeah, and again, I mean, that's why I'm just I'm saying he probably. It's probably just the fact that the Russian serum wasn't as high quality yeah. as like the American. It was the knockoff version. The knockoff, yeah, your great value brand. Uh-huh. Super Soldier Serum. Yeah, I mean there's there's a lot of potential in this film and uh, potentially something that we could get extra characters, you know, new future characters from. But uh, then moving forward into Loki, another show that's coming out this summer, supposedly season 2 is already in development. With Whoa. potentially the title of it being Architect. Oh. Um, so that's, I'm pretty excited to watch this. If they are so confident that it's going to be a good show, that they've already started working on the second season, yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, I don't know. That just it, it gives me hope that like there's just like there's a lot riding on this and it's gonna have yeah. a lot of significance because yeah, um, if they are already planning a season two, it's true. Again, six episodes, forty to fifty minutes long. Oh, it's also six episodes. Six episodes, yeah. Okay. And it's all about um, Loki dealing with, or I guess Loki after in game traveling with the stolen tesseract, uh, which is the space stone. And then being in interaction with the Time Variance Authority. So we're going to see, I guess, a whole new uh, sector of the MCU. I mean, I, I don't. this has nothing to do with like Earth or right, know, this Asgard. Is this possibly is like, like some... the Nexus. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what, what did you say that you thought it was? Like people that, that observe Nexus beings or something yeah. like that? So the TVA is an organization... Um, they're sorry, a police organization that monitors timelines and the multiverse, and will sometimes even end timelines that they deem too dangerous. Okay. Uh, so their their influence isn't absolute. There, there's like other people that are like, also would have power over timelines and different you know universes. Yeah. But they are just a group that monitors and tries to aid in you know problems that are happening, um, specifically. Within timelines, individual timelines. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we don't have a lot on the cast yet. We know Tom Hiddleston, obviously, um, coming back as Loki. And then Owen Wilson as Mobius Mobius, who is a just like a middle management agent mm. within TVA, from what I've read. Uh, potentially Sif. Do you remember Sif from the Thor films? She's one of Thor's best friends. Who uh, she's the Oh, brother. she's the chick in Dark... She's in Dark World, too, She's in right? both of them, yeah. 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 Um, she's, uh, she is a really... What happens to her? a really good character, I thought. She didn't die in Ragnarok. She didn't. She's not dead. And so potentially we'll get reprised in Loki show. Which would be cool. I would, I would like that as a good cameo. Um, That would be nice. Because they kind of killed off all of Thor's friends in Ragnarok. It's like, alright, that's cool. But as far as I know, I don't think Sif dies. So we'll potentially get to see her. Do you think that Thor will make an appearance, or is that something that would just be too expensive or unnecessary for the show? It's definitely not unnecessary since it's the Loki show. Um, it would make a lot of sense for there to be. I mean, just because it's dealing with wacky, it could be dealing with other, you know, uh, it, it could be dealing with the multiverse in some way. It could deal with, or maybe they look back at like clips of Thor because we see in those trailers that Loki is looking at clips of past moments in the Marvel Universe. Maybe we at least see Thor in moments, even though he's not. he doesn't actually film scenes in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that it would be too expensive and inconvenient for Chris Hemsworth to have like an actual scene yeah. in the show. That's kind of what I was thinking, but it seems like it would be so relevant to what's going to happen. Yeah. Because I would think... So we know that this is the Loki from Endgame that that doesn't have all of kind of like the moral reform yeah. that that uh, the Loki that dies in Infinity War has. Yeah. So I think that because of how much fans liked him as he was, I feel like he has to have some type of like revelation and character development throughout this. That Maybe makes though. him more, um, you know, like morally central, not so far. Yeah. Of, like, a villain. Maybe, but again, like you said, there's already plans for a season two, so they don't have to wrap everything up in no. one season. And when it comes to, like, characters being in this show that are also big in the Marvel Universe, I mean, again, we're going to keep referencing Mandalorian, but season one is about earning, you know, 
it's about actually developing a, a legit plot and character and everything and not just throwing in, oh, I know that guy. Oh, I remember that. Like, it's mm-hmm. not about that. That's You can do that in season two once season one is a success. Yeah. So maybe they bring Thor up in season two or something. But season one, I feel like they have all this confidence that Loki, Tom Hiddleston, can fucking, you know, can be the center of attention. Yeah. Then let's do that. Let's have that faith and do that in season one. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's so... He's he's an amazing actor. And he's he is so a great actor. And... He's, uh, I think he's one of the few actors that, like, is really invested in the Marvel Universe as a whole, like, yeah. in the comics as well. Like, I've seen tons of clips of him, like, uh, and all the knowledge that he has about different Marvel characters. Yeah, I mean, like, he was okay with, you know, he initially tried to be Thor. Tried to be like, Thor, he, yeah. He auditioned for that role, and he was more than okay with being Loki, and there was never rumors about him wanting to leave the universe because he wasn't happy with the Thor movies like Chris Hemsworth was. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, he's he's a lot similar to a Paul Bentney yeah. in, the, in the universe. He's He seems really dedicated to the universe and his role specifically. And, I mean, I think Loki, to me, is probably one of my favorite characters, like, overall. So I'm super excited to see this yeah. show. Thanks to Ragnarok. I mean, that's yeah, kind of where Ragnarok it started. great. I mean, yeah. Where his character really took off. Um, but I mean, he's definitely one of, one of my favorites just because, I mean, there is a lot of conflict there, but like the, the way that we left him in infinity war, um, I definitely was wanting more of his character. Yep. So I'm excited that they are, um, bringing him back. Yep. Uh, but moving forward, uh, talk about the Eternals real quick. That's something that I, I don't know a lot about the Eternals and I mean, it is a new show. It's going to be covering the events of... Uh, an immortal human or an immortal alien race that were created by the celestials mm. and they've lived on earth for over 7000 years and it's um they're a group that is going to be protecting humanity from a certain group called the deviants don't know anything about them don't know anything about the cast for the deviants the okay. only cast releases right now are just those four uh the eternals and there are 10 of them but and kit harrington's not an cast. eternal kit harrington's not an eternal believe it or not it's really sad. He's too short. That was the problem. Yeah. But he does have a cool sword called Ebony Blade. Yeah. So we'll get to see him and Richard Madden getting a little uh, Game of Thrones action called going there. Ebony Blade? It's called Ebony Blade. E-B-O-N-Y? Ebony Blade. It's interesting. Um, but also that's not confirmed. That's just he he's supposed to be wielding a mythical sword and that is the sword that his character wields in the comics so that's why people mm. are assuming that is because apparently it's like a super powerful blade hmm. it can like cut through like anything and like block certain um sounds really similar to a certain blade that he wields in game of thrones <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have anything else to give him so they were just like give him right, the white sword. walker sword they straight up give him the same sword hmm. that'd be very interesting but it's going to be, I think the, the vibe that they're going for from what I've read is more of like a Guardians, Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy ensemble, so I'm assuming there's going to be a decent amount of comedy. We know yeah. uh, Kumal's in it, so it's like, there's definitely going to be some, he quite got a bit jacked, of comedic though, relief. man. He did. He got but, ripped. I mean, we still know what type of character he is, and I Maybe. was reading that he was trying to pull from some, his performance was supposed to be involved with some like Ricky Gervais' character, because oh. his... Uh, his eternal character is a star in Bollywood. Oh. And his, like, whole character is, like, supposed to be, like, super into himself and, like... Makes sense why he got in such good shape. 
Mm-hmm. So it's like, it, it's going to be, his character will definitely, I feel like, have a lot of comedic relief. Uh-huh. But yeah. That'd be cool. I think it is going to have more of a Guardians of the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy vibe than like an Avengers type vibe, obviously. Yeah. But I would like to see, and this is something I want to ask you, do you think we're going to see Celestials in the Eternals? Do you think we're going to, will like Ego make an appearance, or do you think we're going to see anything like that? No. I don't think so. But again, I mean, there's just so much that we don't know about the Eternals. No, I really don't think so. I think it's going to kind of be its own thing. Just like in a, how Doctor Strange was pretty much its own thing. Like, it really introduced a whole new world of, like, magic. It did. And that's really what I think Eternals is going to be. Okay. So the Guardians of the Galaxy, that's the same thing. I mean, aside from Ronan, because Ronan had significance to Thanos, aside from that... Guardians of the Galaxy was very similar to just being its own universe kind of way. Own standalone universe. Yeah, totally. I mean, the only the only reason why I think we could see a Celestial is just because the Celestials created them. I mean, obviously, that doesn't mean that we have to see one. Yeah. But... Uh, I don't I, think we'll see Ego, though. Yeah, probably not Ego, but I, there is one... Um, one Eternal herself can actually communicate with the Celestials, so that's something that I think is a possibility for uh, there being something like that, because... The Celestial is supposed to be one of the most powerful beings in the universe. I mean, I don't know if they'd want to, you know, bring one into it like that, but right. I they're they're definitely something I want to be explored more. No, I do too. Background, um, but do you think that because there has been no reveal, there's no been casting reveal for the Deviants? Do you think that one of the Eternals is going to be bad? Because if we only yeah. know the cast members for the I mean, Eternals, we have two Game of Thrones cast guys. I don't think they're both going to be on the same side. Yeah, that's actually that's a decent point. Um, I could see Kit being the bad guy. Yeah, but he's just... I don't think he's powerful enough to be the bad guy. But maybe he really is, like, powerful, and he's just... Again, it doesn't necessarily have to follow the comics. That's true. Maybe he just plays it as, oh, I'm a wimpy little human with a powerful blade, and he's like, JK, I'm this dude. Yeah. I don't know. You never know. There, yeah, I mean, that's, that's true. And then it's far enough away, like, there hasn't been enough released about it yet, or, like enough content trailers just like how, stuff to go off of I mean and it's not far-fetched to think that they could go way off the comics because Mysterio was totally different in Spider-Man than he was in the comics he was not yeah. at all a powerful being it was all an illusion mm-hmm. so no that is that's also really true but uh, the director sorry the composer for this is Raman Dejwadi yep we're gonna get a dope-ass score I'm super excited um, but that kind of wraps up the ones that I want to talk about. And uh, I know you've got some stuff on Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange, yeah. and how I'm going to talk about that and the connections to Wanda. Yeah, and I'm actually really excited to talk about this because there is a character that I really want to kind of get into that's in the new Doctor Strange that I had no idea was going to be in it. So Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness, uh, March twenty fifth, twenty twenty two, is the expected date. It's going to be directed by Sam Raimi, who did the original Spider-Man trilogy, so that's super exciting, especially since Spider-Man 3 is apparently going to have, um, you know, Tobey Maguire come back and possibly Willem Dafoe. It looks like a lot of characters from the old Spider-Man movies are making a return, so I'd love to see that Sam Raimi is actually directing this uh, Doctor Strange sequel. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch is coming back, Benedict Wong, Rachel McAdams, they're all returning um, from the first movie, as well as Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda. And then we're also getting Sochil Gomez, who is going to be playing America Chavez in the movie. 
And I didn't know anything about America Chavez, so I looked her up, and in the comics, she grew up in a different reality. It's called, like, the utopian reality. <laughs> and she gains powers from um, the presence of this being named Demiurge, who is some evil being in her reality, and I guess he wreaks havoc. It kind of sounds like a Ragnarok situation, and I guess he creates these black holes, and her parents um, try to like plug up the black holes, and they their particles get swept across the multiverse. Whatever that means, I have no idea. But I guess she gets her powers from this being, Demiurge. So then she winds up um, just running along different realities until she finds the one that she's okay with, and she is covertly acting as a superhero. Um, and then I also read that her character in the comics has run-ins with She-Hulk and Doctor Doom, which is something that stands out given the upcoming timeline for Phase 4. Yep. Um, so that's kind of... Those are the big things that I got from that movie because I didn't know that they already had this character reveal for Doctor Strange. Yeah. So that's what I got from that. Huh. So you didn't... Oh, so you know you did say Elizabeth Olsen's supposed to be in it. Elizabeth, yeah, I already mentioned her. Okay. And how everyone else from the original movie, for the most part, from the original Doctor Strange, is returning. Um, But yeah, Elizabeth Olsen as well. So do you believe that Wanda will come into... I mean, we've talked tons about WandaVision, so I just want to kind of get your thoughts on the connection between the two. Do you think she's going to be viewed more as an antagonist throughout this, or do you think she's going to be... Um, assisting Doctor Strange in some way. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think she's going to be on the same side just because I feel like this is so weird that the movie is called Multiverse of Madness and this America Chavez comes from another reality whose parents are like swept across. They even mentioned swept across the multiverse. Mm-hmm. I feel like this huge being, Demiurge, might be the overarching antagonist who finds America Chavez like finds the reality that she's hiding in and wreaks havoc on this reality. Okay. And I think that's why they need this big cast. They need Wanda, they need Doctor Strange, they need America Chavez to and and Benedict Wong. Yeah. Um okay. to fight it. Okay. Yeah, I do see it being a big like ensemble fight. Like it's going to yeah. be take everything that they have pretty much to um, to win. But I, I can see um when we're talking about cameos, I can see Maybe that being where we get White Vision is towards the end of Doctor Strange. Mm, okay. We see where White Vision's been all, all along. All this I hope time. that's not the first time that we see him. It might be, though, when you think be. about upcoming projects. I, no, I know. I mean, but again, except it's for potentially credit like, scenes. Credit scenes. Um, I was even going to mention the Hawkeye show that's supposed to be late 2021. Mm. I, I just, there's, there's like a couple things that I could see him maybe dropping in on, but I mean, yeah. Multiverse of Madness is it I think could be a show or sorry a movie that reveals a lot of the uh, like the main villain maybe for for Phase Four because yeah at a certain point there has to be some type of overarching storyline behind the scenes. Well, they talked about Galactus, you know how that's not some uh, a person that they're completely just disregarding. They're open to to using Galactus in in Marvel, and I okay. I just feel like from Thanos you got to take it three steps bigger, you know, mm-hmm. and go with someone who's much more powerful. Yeah, and I could, well, so what I was going to say is, so we, I mean, Thanos was something that was built up over the course of three phases. Yeah. 
with like kind of uh, like sub villain, not sub villains because they were all pretty powerful for the most part. I mean, I guess Loki wasn't that insane, but or I guess Ultron even for that matter. But like I can see there being like I don't know, maybe Galactus is like the main villain that we see teased throughout like a couple of years, which would make a lot of sense just because. The Eternals involves celestial beings, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, with who this other evil person was in the utopian uh, reality. I mean, it sounds like these are huge, otherworldly type beings that we're seeing in these upcoming movie projects. Mm-hmm. So it's very possible that Galactus is like, like you know, maybe he's like a sleeping giant while all of this is happening. Yeah. And kind of comes to life. I mean, if we're thinking of the same timeline and universe as the one that we ended in Endgame, I mean, this is a very vulnerable universe now for control. With the Infinity Stones gone, now it's just the most powerful being to... I mean, the most powerful being in that timeline or universe would basically be able to take control. Yeah. There's nothing to stop them because there are no these, you know, super powerful stones that you can utilize. Right. Definitely uh, something that we will find out more about, but yeah, MCU's got a lot coming up, and a we've lot. got a lot to talk about moving forward. Yeah. But any final thoughts on the 2021 timeline or 2022? No, I'm just, um, I'm again, I'm really excited that Sam Raimi, you know, is having, getting a project to direct since his original trilogy for the Spider-Mans. I think that's really cool that they're bringing him back in Marvel and that he gets to direct Doctor Strange, along with the fact that there's a lot of Spider-Man, original Spider-Man Easter eggs that are potentially going to pop up in the new Spider-Man sequel. Mm -hmm. I just think that's really cool that they're bringing back old Marvel stuff that wasn't necessarily under Disney's umbrella into the Disney family, I guess. Yeah. Now we've got... We've got a lot to talk about, so we'll keep you guys updated as more news and information comes out. Yeah. And we'll be covering all the MCU as it comes out throughout this year and following. Yep. So Big week next week, too, with uh, Winter Soldier and the Snyder Cut. That's going to be a big week, so mm-hmm. we'll have a lot to cover um, Thursday and Friday of next week. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll keep you guys up to date, but thank you guys so much for listening, and uh, drop any questions if you want to you know, hear something added to one of our episodes, and... Thank you again. Yep, thank you. You're taking me somewhere to kill me. No, I'm taking you someplace to talk. You are not in Kansas anymore. Is there something special about today? All I have for you is a word. Life, uh, finds a way. Tell it. This is the way. This is the way. 